you found the Rebirth Podcast. We are reissuing this episode that was released on April 19th, 2019. Why? Because at the time of the recording of this episode, I had no idea that in 2022, this episode would be the first chapter of the book for Rebirth. In fact, this episode is significant because the interview with Stephanie Cohen, co-owner of Mom Pops, was the episode that launched the Rebirth podcast. The chapter for Stephanie, the title of it is Expect Resistance and Watch for Serendipity. When the, this is the beginning of the chapter. When the idea of Rebirth podcast was germinating, I asked myself why. Who would listen? What would I have to talk about? And honestly, what was the point? Would it be worth it? And how would I know? These are all valid questions as long as I do not silence the spark asking it to be tended. So in a world right now that we are living in, if you are feeling the call to create, expect resistance and watch for serendipity. So I'm revisiting because we're coming on to the one year anniversary of rebirth. And in some of my writing classes, I share with students the behind the scenes of what I, what were some of the glorious things that happened as a new author that I wasn't expecting and what were some of the slightly disappointing things that happened as a new author. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I do plan on birthing another book, probably in a couple of years. Um, it is not the season for the next book that's coming out, but it is the season to help um, reaffirm that creating for the act of creating is sacred and necessary. Sacred, um, me, I, I think I'm using that word more now than ever because it's not enough just to reproduce something like the mechanics of reproduction are not creation. And so I'm gently leaning towards the fact that yes, there are mechanisms now that can help you spit out ideas very fast, but they will not give you the beneficence and the, 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 the fruits of the process um, of creating for yourself, of, of, of going through resistance and receiving uh, serendipity. So to continue on to the beginning um, chapter, I said a bit before becoming a mother, I said yes to a lot of things because I had the time and the personality for going everywhere. I was also in the season of life for the focus to be outward, to accrue experiences and to do. Asking why something is worth the precious and limited resources of our presence is helpful and kind. It's an easy and effective way to take a moment and be in the moment, to learn and to trust that your yes is good and true, no matter how your landscape has changed or how desperately you are waiting for change. So in each of the chapters of the book, I, I link it to some of the before and after of the chapter and also some of the before and after of my life as it happened as I was writing and also even as far back, um, well, you have to read, but into different decades and, and different moments. So I, um, this is actually one of the fan favorite episodes. If you are in the Northeast Corridor, you can actually eat mom pops. We still eat mom pops in our household. Pineapple, basil is my favorite. Um, but this episode is great if you are on the cusp of change and you're just not really sure how and you are in the path of resistance, know that that is definitely one of the steps of process of opening up to the greatest thing that you can do. And so keep keep watchful for serendipity. If you're interested in reading Rebirth, you can order it online. I highly recommend ordering it at your local bookstore or walking in and purchasing at your local bookstore um, and bringing inspiration and community into your home, into your library and into your life. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rebirth Podcast. 
This is Kate Breton with Rebirth, a podcast about women changing lives by living their own. Hi, this is Kate Breton with Rebirth, and today we have Stephanie Cohen. Good morning. Good morning, Kate. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for making the time to be with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So am I. I met, I actually haven't met Stephanie, but I can't, now that I think about it, I was in a Whole Foods and found out about mom pops. And I found out about them at a time that rebirth was coming to be. And I was really excited because four children between the ages of seven and I guess um, not quite a year, all were content with these little miniature popsicles that were healthy. And I thought, wait a minute, this is a business that is actually trying to do what I think everyone could do, which is create a gorgeous product, serve the public, and make a life-sustaining choice. Like, the kids were happy, the product is amazing, and I thought, this this exists. This exists that people can make things that actually serve customers instead of customers having to rebound from um, consuming or purchasing. And I reached out, and you responded, and we've um, been chatting kind of ever since. So yeah. thanks for making the time. No, no, this is very cool. Thank you. So how did you come? Let's talk a little bit about you because and what you do with Mom Pops. And then let's let's backtrack to, can you tell us the story of how that came to be and the, the pivot that you made that made you available for that? Sure, sure. Um, so I've been uh, involved with Mom Pops for the last four years. Um, I'm one of the three partners um, my background is initially not food. My background is healthcare operations. So I've spent close to 25 years working primarily in ophthalmology, um, starting out in patient care in the OR and then moving on to more of the business side. Uh, I had an incredible opportunity to work with what I believe to be one of the best um, ophthalmology groups in the Philadelphia market, Kremer, and learned a lot. Uh, worked with incredibly talented surgeons. It actually was Kremer and TLC. Um, worked with incredibly talented talented surgeons, incredibly talented people, and I had an amazing mentor as a boss. He just he pushed me, he challenged me, he taught me. Um, I loved reporting to him because he was far brighter than I was, and I could always learn from him. Mm. Um, but after being, as I said, doing it for a while. Um, both my husband and my father had uh, been diagnosed with cancer within six months of each other. Um, thankfully, they're both great, um, both mm-hmm. doing very well. But my son was seven at the time, and I looked at him, and I had always been, you know, so career-oriented. Even in high school, I mean, I was the first to skip class without a second thought that I would never miss going to my job. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was not a big fan of high school. College I loved. High school I didn't find much use for. Um, my, uh, my oldest friend and I were definitely, uh, partners in crime in that one. Um, but he said, always had a very strong work ethic, but I was, I was so focused on my career and growing my career that I looked at my son who was seven at the time. I said, I don't know a thing about you. Um, mm-hmm. I've missed so much. And with everything that happened and there were some changes within the organization occurring, I said, you know what? And what did you do with Kremer? Um, I was uh, chief operating officer. Um, Mm -hmm. So I oversaw the book of business, but I I had an incredible um, management team that (laughs) that I didn't really have to do much with. They were all very talented. And like I said, incredible surgeons. Um, It was fun. It was incredible. I learned an amazing amount of things when I was there. 
Um, but it was, it was time, you know, as I had told my boss, you know, I think I reached my shelf life, um, which isn't good for me and frankly, not good for the organization. Right. So it was time to move on and start the next chapter of my life, which of what I, what it was going to be, had no idea. Um, I ended up getting into a business that didn't work out, but it was uh, located in a food collaborative in Westchester. Um, it's more of an incubator type. It's called the Artisan Exchange, and they really focus on helping, you know, businesses start with very low risk. You can take on one-year leases. They're, huh. you know, shared space for everyone. Um, you get access to things that if you were to rent a retail space to try your concept, you'd be you know, significant dollars in debt, you'd have to do t a build out and, and commercial dishwasher and all this stuff. So it offers a very low risk way to test your concept. And you have, oh, fascinating. Yeah, you have access to people who've been doing this a long time, like their anchor there, it's a company called Golden Valley Coffee, um, which has been in business for 30 years. So you have access to their learning experiences to help you grow. Um, because it, I thought that I'm like, oh, I ran a huge business. I can do this. Oh no, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> um, but as I said, the first business I was in didn't work out. And that's where I met my now partners. Um, they do a mini popsicle to healthy popsicle, vegan allergen friendly, and they were in artisan exchange. And this was the, at the time, the one owner, his primary focus. So he would walk around, you know, trying to figure out who's doing what, where, getting all intel. And we just kind of started talking. And uh, one day he, I heard he, he was looking for a partner and I didn't understand why. And that, again, it's just my na naivety of I had no idea what I was talking about in the food business at that point. And he was looking for a partner and I heard auditions for Shark Tank. So I sent it to him. <laughs> he went and auditioned. Um, they called mom pops, mom pops. Yes. Okay. So yeah. let's, let's pause on yeah. the, okay. For the shark. So um, although you're one of three partners and um, it was just our, our kismet that we, you know, we've had a big connection of chatting. Can you just tell the listeners, because I have to tell you, when I told a couple people that I was talking with you, the moms are like, we love mom pops. <laughs> like this is a product that people are connected to. That's awesome. That's it's, I, it really, I was, I was delighted. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm talking to a small celebrity. All the moms are like, really? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. That's so very, let's. So I can take, I can take no credit for the product. No, and then I'm not trying to, but I just oh, thought no, that no, was no, interesting. No. Yeah, yeah, totally. So tell me a little bit about, because they were in um, a different business and the mom was making popsicles. Can you tell the listeners that might not have access to that backstory, just a little bit about how Mom Pops came to be? Sure. So um, my my partner at the time, as I said, we have two. Um, it's Issa and his mom, Sandy. Um, mm -hmm. He graduated from high school and it, both of his parents were, you know, entrepreneurs for most of their career on and off more of his mom, his dad, full-time entrepreneur. Um, and they said, you know, let's open a business together. So they had done some research and they found mom's bake at home pizza, which at the time was growing and thriving. This was huge. Yeah. I did it all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, their white pizza with broccoli was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Havertown all the time. <laughs> so they bought this pizza franchise and not long after they purchased it, the uh, franchise sold to another group, and at the time, they changed the recipe, and they started adding preservatives, and they lost a lot of customers. Rewind a little before that, the bacon home business was great in the winter, but in the summertime, 
nobody wanted to turn on their ovens. It was 110 degrees. So they already lost like 40% of the business when it got hot. And then add the recipe changing. It just was a recipe for disaster. Right. Um, So they were looking for ways that they could, you know, pay the bills um, and offset the loss of income in the winter. And um, my partner's mom, she's, she's really, you know, the creative, she's 70, right now she's going to be 73 years old and she's got the energy of a 25 year old. She's got more energy than I do most of the time and her 35 year old son. (laughs) Um, But she was at like a, a fair and she was thirsty and she got a popsicle and she ate it and she said to her husband, okay, I'm thirstier now than before. That was horrible. It was infused with sugar. She's like, there was nothing refreshing about this. So she kind of got the idea, you know, possible summer that would certainly supplement for the loss. Um, so she started doing, they had a kitchen in their pizza shop. So she started tinkering around, making some popsicles. And her son basically said, yeah, you have fun with that. I want no part of that. Mom, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So she made a couple hundred and she went to like a farmer's market or balloon festival. And within like 15 minutes, she sold them all. And she did that many weeks in a row. Until he finally caught her son's eye and he's like, okay, maybe there's something to this popsicle business. So that winter he dug in and watched every YouTube video there was about popsicles, how to make them, what, and he just taught himself everything there was to know about popsicle production, the equipment, what you need to have. And he just started, you know, he started at farmer's markets, testing the concept. He would walk around. I think he did like 20 farmer's markets a week. Um, one year. Wow. Yeah, between he and then his mom and dad would help out. But that's a hustle. It is a hustle. Yeah, yeah you can never say he's not a hard worker. He hustled. Yeah. So he would take these just big coolers with, I don't even know if he used dry ice at the time, and just go from market to market to market. And then once he saw that these pops were popular, and he started with a larger pop, which in the summertime was okay, because you know it was 100 degrees out, people were fine eating a large pop, and that's what they were used to. Um, so eventually he then got these little popsicle carts that were like self-contained carts and he would go to all the markets and he would sell out of that. Um, he then got into his first store, which I believe was mom's, uh, organic market in Bryn Mawr. Sure. And Mm -hmm. he was demoing and he would demo in a few stores that he was in, like some local co-ops and that. And he had a small pop, a one ounce pop, like a 30 milliliter. And he would demo with that. Um, and then people would say, Oh, I love this work. Can I get it? And he would tell them, and it's like, no, 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 that size. And he said, this is my sample. They said, well, when you start selling that size, that's when I'll buy it. So he- That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite parts of this whole story. <laughs> because whenever you're birthing something, you can have your own trajectory. And then the circumstances around you are, are guiding you the other way. But some people don't listen. Oh, no. Yeah. That's one thing I can say. We, uh, we definitely heed when people tell us something. But, yeah, you hear it enough times. And when you're in your infancy, I mean, even now, we, he and I have been working together three or four years now. And, you know, every couple of months, we find something different out about, oh, well, okay, so we know this is not a good fit for our product, but this is. It's just you're hmm. constantly involving. If you're, not, if you're not willing to do that, then you're never going to grow or you'll never be successful. You know, the best feedback is your customers because they're the ones that are buying it. So you have to listen. <laughs> if you don't, you're being silly. Um, so he eventually started migrating to this mini pop. Um, and then he got launched in his first Whole Foods through Artisan Exchange. I think it was like February, March of 15. 
And then I started working with him towards the end of the summer in August of 15 with no intentions of joining the company. Um, as I said, the business I worked with had, you know, we, we decided not to move forward as partners and I was going to mm-hmm. go back to healthcare. Um, and as I said, so where were you? So you had left healthcare sort of to rebalance your life. Is that, I mean, is that a right interpretation? Yeah, yeah. Because you said you looked at your son and you're like, wait a minute, yeah. right? Yes. So I decided I didn't want to go back to what I did. Um, I wanted to do something different in healthcare, like work for pharma or, you know, potentially, you know, working for a company where I could go into the OR and, you know, whether it be devices or lenses or whatever, Mm -hmm. that sounded attractive to me. And I had a couple friends that worked in the business development side and they loved what they did. They got to work with doctors, patients, business, but they had, you know, definitely a work-life balance. Um, and as I said, it was interesting. I, I knew that I loved medicine. I just didn't want to do what I had been doing for so long. Cause I really was burnt out. It, it wasn't sure. And I think that's a valid, you know, people might hear that one thing I'm, the more I'm listening to people talk that are living a life of, of, you know, following their passions is there's, there can't be constant growth and output. And that's, what's like sick, you know, desperately missing from like the cycle of our society. So I love how honest you're like, I was burnt out, but also there's not one cycle doesn't last for forever. Right. So you, you saw something else that you needed. And um, so you were looking for another fit. And at that time, Issa was also looking to get you into mom pops. Is that what happened? Well, he was looking for a partner and he'd been looking for a partner for a while. And I had no interest in doing what I just did last year, but um, we talked and I said, um, what are you looking for? And like I said, he went on Shark Tank and they asked him to come back and he said, okay, I know nothing about contracts. He said, but I've been told you know how to read these. He said, can you look at it? So I looked. The contract from Shark Tank? Tank, yeah. Which, wow. Yeah. It's, well, it was like a thousand pages. <laughs> But I said, I can tell you all the red flags that I have. I said, the biggest red flag is Shark Tank, actually, whether you get a deal or you don't get a deal, takes a percentage of your gross revenue, top line, um, that goes to the network. So I said, if you're okay with that, then, you know, move forward. And then I said, what are you really looking for? And he said, I want a partner who's in this every day with me and rolls up their sleeves. And, and I said, well, that's not what you're going to get. I said, you'll get connections, you'll get phone calls. I said, but if you need somebody or want somebody in this every day with you, that, that's not it. You know, my company had been purchased by a larger um, venture money. So, and because I worked for a corporate entity for a while, you know, it's kind of a hybrid of that. Right. Um, so I said, you know what, I've, I have several weeks before I'm going to go, you know, really dig in to go back to something full time. How about I work with you a little bit? So started working with him and I started to see the, re- like I went to a couple events with him. Um, he does a lot of veg fests and that kind of stuff. And I just saw the reaction that people had to this product and then how different it was from everything else out there on the market. I mean, yes, yes. it was something that was locally made, but it, it really was free of so much. And really the idea behind it, when Issa's mom started doing this, is so she taught uh, she was she's a music teacher. She's a retired music teacher. She taught at, taught at Marble Newtown School District for years. So she saw the increase in in food allergies with kids, and she saw the increase in diabetes diagnoses and obesity. And she saw the segregation that came between those kids who couldn't have peanuts or tree nuts or or were had dietary restrictions. And you know, being a kid is hard enough, but then to be further segregated because 
you can't have something that the other kids have. Mm. So she wanted to create something that had great flavor, used real ingredients that could fill you up, but was free of so many of the ingredients that created that, you know, segregation with the food allergies and with dietary restrictions. So that's really where the premise came from. Um, is, is- I think you can taste that. <laughs> cool. I do, because I think the inception, the one thing, I mean, Issa was doing a demo at Whole Foods and he clearly, I mean, I, I didn't know who he was, but I knew this was somebody that was affiliated with the company because when you're invested in something, you emanate a different energy, you know? This is his world. It's his life. He says he makes a million babies a year. Um, he does. He does. <laughs> Each one and, is his baby. <laughs> and I, it's so desperately missing that idea that you want to birth something that's solving a problem to make things better for people. You know, you often hear, so I, I'm probably going to say this so many times that every time I talk to you or I think about it and I watch people's reaction, I'm just really inspired by what you guys are doing. So he needed somebody to, so she's cold. She's calling all of her, um, her years of with children, right. And serving children. Yes. And then he's looking for a project and now how do you, and you're, you are on your way back to, um, a new existence and work, but needing to, and this is what we laugh about creating a work-life balance, right? <laughs> that didn't quite happen. <laughs> it was a really great thought. <laughs> Cause I want people to hear you work really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You work really hard. So you're sitting with him and helping him with a contract and he's asking you to join in and you have a few weeks. That's what you're giving him. Yeah. That's where our story picks up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was really it. Um, but as I said, I became more enamored and, and people say, Oh, you know, the entrepreneur, I'm not an entrepreneur. I would say, I would say Issa is more of an entrepreneur, you know, other, other people I know that have their own businesses. They are, I'm just a hard worker, you know, give me something and I'm a very goal-oriented, task-oriented individual. I'm, op- I'm an operations person through and through. It, you can always figure out how to make it work um, if you want something bad enough. So I'm more like, as I said, it's make it happen, work hard, work fast, get it done, do it well. Um, probably what I brought, and it's always been very important through me, to me, even through you know all of my healthcare career, is customer service. So I felt like we had a great product. But it was always about making sure, you know, we did this to provide a great treat for people, for kids. Um, so that is, it, you know, I've, I've gone through so much corporate training, you know, Par and the Nordstrom and, and we've done John DeJulius and anything. But it's, it's all about your customer. You know, this is who you do it for. So you should provide exceptional service. And that's, that's what I wanted to bring that to the organization. Um, Issa is the creative one. He's, he loves making pops. He just, it's his everything. He loves, it it, it is his 24 seven. So I brought more of the business background, the discipline. We both strategize. Say he handles more of the back end of the house. He he oversees all production. Um, Every pop that goes out of there, he sees or touches. Um, He ensures the product. We do some direct distribution. He distributes the product. He's, like I said, he has market intel. He's always on YouTube. Who's doing what? Who's selling what? What else is out there? Um, Those are, you know, they fall into his wheelhouse. Mine is more finance, marketing, sales. Um, We both work on the strategy of the business um, growth. And and it's really been a great partnership. His mom still, I'm 73 years old, and she'll probably kill me that I said that twice now. Um, (laughs) 
she comes in almost every single day and makes pops with him. She does. Oh yeah. Still, she does sticks and she does boxing and it's, I mean, it keeps her young. Um, she had surgery last year and despite what the doctors told her, um, she was back in doing, uh, pop making very, very not long after. I, um, I think that's the generation that knows that you stay active and vital by being committed and passionate to something, right? True, true. But yeah, I mean, she said, I, I get to come in and do something fun every day and work with my son. He's an only child. Um, yeah, so it's a win-win for her, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Most days, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there is life. Now, as we, when the first time that we talked, you had mentioned, um, what was your click, like, what moment did you click into? Oh that you knew that you wanted to be a part of this? So it, like, it definitely was like a gradual. Um, as I said, I I definitely saw the uniqueness of the product. Um, I always, you know, for the last 20 something years, I always try to eat fairly healthy and, you know, take good care of my body. I've got crazy diabetes running through pretty much every, every venue in my family. Um, you mm. know, my dad, his mother, my first cousin, other it's it's everywhere i had gestational diabetes um but it was around it was december actually of 15 um so my brother and i are very very close our whole family is very close um but i got a call that my nephew who was three at the time uh was taken um to the hospital he was just diagnosed with type 1 uh diabetes um i i can't even begin to describe what my brother and sister-in-law go through every day. I can't wrap my arms around it. I can't imagine it. It's, and they, they, like I said, I can't even imagine the hell they live through every day. Um, mm -hmm. And my nephew, he's the happiest kid, but it, when you manage it very tightly, um, you, with type one, they don't want you to be giving insulin all day long. They really try to get you to eat. They want you to eat three times a day. So you're correcting three times a day, but you, if you need, eat in between, they really want you to eat like under five grams of carbs. Well, so that's carrots and cucumbers. Right. But, for a three-year-old. Yeah, for a three-year-old who actually handled it better than his five-year-old brother who was really pissed off that his. <laughs> um, but these pops had met that criteria. So as I got more and more involved, I had shown it to my brother and sister-in-law and they thought it was a great option for him. And he's, he eats them, he devours them. They don't really help him fluctuate. So that really kind of connected it all for me to see like that something so simple as a pop, my sister-in-law once said to me, and you know, she said, I know this sounds silly. She goes, he loves these pops. It's just one less thing we need to think about. And like I said, That's I can't huge. even begin to convey that I understand what they're going through. I, I can't, they live it every day. I, I don't at all. Um, but that was, that kind of was the sealer for me. And we do, we do a lot with JDRF because of that. Um, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't make my nephew better. I can't help him. I don't even really understand it. Um, I'm not with him a lot, um, as much as I would like to be. Um, so I feel like, and this is how we, this is how I can have an impact in what he's going through and what my brother and sister-in-law are going through. So that was kind of, that was kind of it. Um, and, and then we just sort of evolved. And then one day in February, I think it was, we get an email from uh, someone and we thought it was spam because um, you get all kinds of crazy stuff where it says, hi, I am the food director for summer camp. 
I need 300,000 pops in eight weeks. And like, we get all these crazy stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'll, I'll return their email. Let's see, you know, what kind of hoax this is. So it turns out it wasn't. Um, he represented a large national day camp and he waited to the last minute <laughs> to do this. And at the time he wanted a popsicle. They needed a lot of day camps need an allergen friendly or allergen free pop. Oh, um, so he was having a tough time finding it. And he knew somebody in California who made pops. And she said, I can't scale like that, but I do know a pop company that can, cause there's this pop site that my partner is very active in. So she gave him our name and He's like, that's more than I've made in the last five years. I'm like, yeah, well, we're going to do it. (laughs) And we did it. We had just moved into a new facility. Um, It it, it was (laughs) insane. So we were working 24-7. I still do some healthcare consulting. So there were times we would work till 2 in the morning. I'd get home at like 2.30, quarter 3, sleep for two and a half hours, go work 10 hours at consulting, go back to the shop. He's still producing. I mean, it was the craziest eight, 10 weeks that we've ever had, but we did it. And every single pop arrived. We, our pallets, I still remember, 16,144 pops per pallet. Wow. <laughs> All out to California for the most part. Some East Coast, but mainly California. And he said, we've never shipped that far. What if they don't make it? I'm like, well, then we're kind of screwed. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> So that was that was kind of how we just and we just went from there and never really looked back. And uh, I had been dragging my heels for a while on partnership papers. So I think one day during that, I finally I signed the papers and I left it on one of on the back table for him. And he walked in and he's like, "All right." I'm like, "Yep, all right." And we've been hustling ever since. Why do you still do it? <laughs> Probably every day I would give you another answer. Sometimes I'd say insanity, stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I believe in the product. Um, mm-hmm. I I just I believe in the product, and we've invested so much at this point in time. You know, if I didn't feel that there was something there, or we weren't helping one, and I spent most of my career in healthcare. So obviously, when you're in operations, you can do operations anywhere. You figure out, you know, you learn the widget at that time. Mm-hmm. But I like. Even when I was more on the business side and I wasn't in patient care as much, I worked with a team and some of the decisions that we made, I knew that they impacted patients in some way, shape or form. And that was important to me. So Mm -hmm. this product, while it's not, you know, restoring vision or ensuring or trying to ensure that people's vision don't get worse or go blind or it's delivering something to people that provides a benefit to them. Um, And that's, that's always been very important to me is ensuring that whatever I did, I had an impact in people's lives in some way, shape or form. Um, and, and it's interesting because the, I am also a, a rule follower. I like process. I like procedure. So there's a lot of regulatory with food production as well, mm-hmm. obviously. So we have mm-hmm. a certified facility. It wasn't, it wasn't mandated when we did it, but we wanted to ensure that you know, the customers who bought our product knew exactly what they were getting. We wanted to ensure that our processes and our practices would enable us to deliver the safest product possible. You know, our, our, the majority, our demographic is kids. Um, so it's a mm-hmm. high risk population. 
Um, mm. And it's it's morphed in definitely to you know adults looking for healthy options. You know, it, all the product they're between ten to twenty five calories and between two to five grams of carbs and sugar. And because it uses fruit, we don't use juice, we don't use concentrate. It that one ounce pop fills you up and you feel it good. Does, it does. Now, what's your favorite flavor? My favorite is the um is the pineapple um basil. Yes. <laughs> that's ours too. <laughs> We get the chocolate salt and that's like the, that's the indulgent one, but the pineapple basil is like, it's refreshing and it's enough. Awesome. Very cool. And when you have, you know, moms after dark, that's very nice. And some tequila too. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. My, I love my it. niece's favorite is pineapple basil, but his mom's favorite is chocolate sea salt. Yeah. I just, I was really, and I was, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> i have to cut that out. But I was really surprised because a lot of times when, when popsicles do chocolate, it doesn't translate well. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew you guys were doing something good because I'm like, this is because my niece actually picked my flavor for me at Whole Foods and I would not have picked chocolate salt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is really, there's something really dynamic about this entire product and company and yourself. Because when you made that choice as a mother to re- reorient for your son, the time that you're spending in the, away now is to help other kids. And you're also emulating for him change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think he would know normal for me if he fell over it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you asked, you know, why I stay it's, we put a lot of time into this and, you know, even though you may have a strong business background or you've been, this is something that you can't even describe or understand, you know, starting your own business and, and being in a startup, it's, as I described, it's crazy highs and crazy lows. And, you know, usually before you marry someone, you date them and then you decide you want to be with them. I mean, Issa and I just kind of got, we both were there. We didn't know anything about each other. We didn't know each other before. So it's like navigating through each other's personalities. Um, and I'm, I'm not the easiest a lot <laughs> of times, but it's, it, so it's, it's, trying to grow this business together, navigating through each other's personalities and quirks. Um, thankfully, his mom is more kind of the neutral one and she keeps us <laughs> in a reasonable state a lot, but we also have a lot of fun. I mean, we have, we've, the three of us have a really great partnership when it really comes down to it. We talk about things. I mean, it's the three of us. It's, you, there's no option to, to not make this successful. And we've spent you know, the last three, three and a half years, um, almost four now, really building a strong foundation. Um, there are times where we feel like we've moved mountains and we've come light years. And then there are times we look and we're like, how come we're not where we feel like we should be? But I, we all feel like this year, this year is finally the year that all of the mm-hmm. hard work that we've put into ensuring that our processes were solid, we've invested a lot in automation so that we can scale. Um, ensuring that we've got our logistics nailed down, our storage nailed down, um, our our books together, all of our portals up to date. There's just there's so much like when you're working with Cisco and US Foods and Whole Foods, and it, so it's staying on top of all of that as well. In in addition to growing the business, um, so sometimes you like hold on to each other for dear life because that's the only person who can begin to understand what you're going through. Um, so that, you know, brings you closer times and then it creates like, ah, 
well, sure, that's human dynamic, but that's a, <clears throat> a beautiful peek into a larger process. I think some people think like they have a product and it kind of hangs out in, in the ethers and it never really comes, drops into form. And it's almost like the family that you created that when you said that he makes like a million babies a year, you're watching this child, this mom pops, popsicle, graduate and go on, right? Through major channels and different avenues. Yes. yes. And, you know, you said when earlier you said, and you were going to go back to, and I, someone said to me, so tell me again what you have against the steady paycheck and benefits. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I've, you know, as I said in the beginning, I'm very grateful for my experience at Kramer and TLC because if I didn't have that, I would never have been able to do my part, my contribution in this company. As I said, I worked for somebody who was incredibly bright um, and pushed me and challenged me and pushed me hard. What do you think he taught you? Like if you were to give like a couple pieces, what do you think he taught you? Um, he, a lot, how to think, um, how to not take things so personally, but more than anything, financially, um, you know, he, I didn't, I never needed anyone to hold my hand. But if I was struggling with something, I would call him and we'd walk through it. So he taught me how to, you know, think about things differently. He could see things in front of him that no one else could see. And it's right in front of you. He's just very logical, very, he, he just, he knew so much about everything. Um, he would look at something and he'd say, uh, you know, Steph, what do you think about that? And I gave him, he goes, really? How about, he just like, it was the way he thought. He taught me how to think differently. And I think that's, mm. I mean, yes, he taught me some of the technical on, you know, giving me, you know, a better financial understanding of things, but it was just how he thought. I think that's my greatest takeaway from him was he thought differently and he taught me how to think that way. And we worked really well together. He was high level strategy, big picture. I like to figure out how to make it work. So he would buy things mm -hmm. and I'd make it work. <laughs> and it was, That's a beautiful partnership. Actually. I want to know parts of what he did and he loved what he did. <laughs> so it, it worked really well. And his management style was very conducive to me. He was not a micromanager. In fact, he didn't even live in the state. He was in North Jersey. And I, he uh -huh. was there for me if I needed something. Um, he'd check in. But it was he had a very hands-off approach with, for some people, wouldn't work out well. But for myself, it was exactly the style that, you know, inspired me. And what would you say to mom, like <clears throat> cultivating that on your corporate side, but then what would you say to moms that are listening? I mean, it doesn't have to be moms, but I would like to, I guess, actually, I do want this question to be specific. If you have a mother right now that is struggling with the work-life balance, and there's so many uh, articles you'll see about, you know, you just take five minutes in the shower and that's self-care. Like, what would you honestly say about the work-life balance <laughs> to that mother that might feel like she's the only one that's not creating it? Oh God, I, 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 I haven't found it. <laughs> um, right? fact, my, yeah. my cousin and I, she lives out in California. Um, we were just talking about it last night. She's like, I need to find work-life balance. And I'm like, well, that's the only thing I can't help you with. I haven't figured that one out. Um, where it's, it's not easy. I mean, and I have a great support system too. Um, but it's, you get so, so involved in, in making this baby of yours go. Um, but I, I think over this last six months, 
I've definitely been done much better. Um, like, as I said, I still consult in addition to this. So I work from home um, on those days and I make sure when my son gets home, I close my computer. Um, there you go. I, I think right. if anyone, so my cousin, um, he has a high level job in, in uh, Connecticut and he's figured it out. Um, I mean, he has an incredibly supportive wife that runs around and, and does a lot, but he, he gets up at like five in the morning and he'll work for three hours and then he'll get his kids up, off to school. And then, which is what you did today. Yes. You were up at five and working. Yes. Um, but like, for instance, I, so I have a lot of work to do today. My son's in the play and it is mm -hmm. the one thing he does. So I've committed and I say, okay, I'm not going to be around for these four days. Don't ask me like you have to pick and choose what's most important to you and hold a boundary to yeah, it and stick with it. And while I'm not great on the day to day stuff, um, on mm -hmm. the stuff that I know was really important to him, I make sure I'm present and I don't have my phone out answering emails constantly. Um, he and I go away once a year to visit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My parents, um, go to Florida and, at the in the winter so he and I since he's been five years old take a week and we go and we spend the week with my mom and dad and that's great um that's beautiful I also make sure that if he and his friends want to go somewhere that I'm there to drive them so you find ways that they see that you're present but more importantly that you are part of their life like my son he talks to me about everything um so I think more of that I feel that I'm, I don't have work-life balance. I think that's probably more my perception um, than his. I mean, he gives me a hard time. Like last night, I didn't come to late. He's like, mom, it's night before play. You were supposed to be home early. He has no issues giving me a tough time. <laughs> he is an only child after all. And he's like me on steroids, which is not always a great thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's making sure that you know what's most important for them and being present for it and just being there, but really being present. You know, I'm watching four showings of Fiddler on the Roof in 48 hours. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast in 48 hours. <laughs> right. That's the, and I'm glad you shared that because in talking with you offline, it's, it's pretty clear that even though you're working a lot and you're committed to all the things that you're doing, there's also that same tenacity towards your family. Yeah. And it, it might not be this elusive, perfect balance that I don't know what they're all talking about. And I think sometimes when you, I mean, I think it's a good conversation, but if you don't have a support or have um, examples of what the balance actually looks like, you can make it harder on yourself because you think that you're failing at something you actually might be doing pretty well. Yeah, I think so, you're your hardest critic. Um, but you know, you do, you do the best that you can do. Um, but yeah, it's I, what I've started to do this year. And I've started, like I've made some changes just in, I would get up and run, 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 run. So I get up now earlier. I make myself a cup of green tea. Um, I have some yogurt with walnuts or blueberries or something healthy. And I sit at my counter and I read like 10 pages from this book I'm reading and drink my tea. And I, like <laughs> I said to my mom, because I remember growing up in the morning, I would go downstairs and there'd always be an empty cup of tea and a cup of yogurt. And I'm like, I've turned into you. <laughs> Oh. It's, it's since I've done this, I feel better during the day. I feel more energized. I'm sleeping better. And I feel like I'm starting to balance things a little better because I'm taking 10, 15 minutes in the morning 
to just kind of ease into the day versus run, 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 because that's the rest of the day. Um, and right. technology is great. You know, it also, like, I'll text my son, like, they had their dress rehearsal today. And I'm like, hey, you know, good luck today. So proud of you. You know, so definitely, like, texting helps you stay connected even when you're not there um, and be mm -hmm. present. But, yeah, I mean, you just try to do the best you can do. And, you know, for those people who say they've got it totally nailed, work-life balance, either super kudos yeah. to you or maybe they're they're so totally out of touch with reality. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I appreciated the first time we talked is your honesty, because it sounds like it's really clear that you have commitment to your values. And I, I think that is one overarching theme we're hearing about mom pops in general that all three of you have. But you specifically, um, since I've spoken with you, that I was really impressed by the way you were willing to take the time and share and that you're so um, honest in your appraisal about when it's time for a pivot. <laughs> Thank you. And pivots aren't always easy, but a lot of people just don't take them. And that's harder, right? It's harder not to make the choice. It's, it's actually, you're getting up earlier to have the tea and the yogurt, but that's paying off in peace and, and, and getting a start on your day. You know, I think those little choices make a big difference. And you don't have to tell us what book you're reading now, but what is one book you would recommend? <laughs> um, you know what? You, you have all of the typical, you know, books that, you know, you read like Who Moved the Cheese and Good to Great. And yeah. all of that good stuff. And I, and I like, I, I don't read as much as I would like to, um, but it was mm -hmm. actually a book that's been recommended to me um, by many people over the years. And I just never, never read it. And there's, there's a woman, she's another food manufacturer um, who's become just a, a very, very good friend of mine. And we talk and throw different ideas at each other. Actually, her name's Michelle and she owns, she manufactures, uh, it's called The Greater Need. It's a gluten-free uh, bagel and bagel chip, but she recommended, cool. she said, think and grow rich. And I started reading it and it's, I love it. Is that Napoleon? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's a fascinating read, I, isn't I'm, it? I'm only about 30 pages into it, but so far it's just, it, it really just speaks to everything that I, you know, I've thought or experienced. And so I'm, I'm really excited to, to get deeper. Um, in terms of things like there's never enough time in the day, but you know, I dream and, and Issa does too, the day that I can do this full time, there's just so many things I want to do. Like I, I've never finished like six Sigma. I would love to get my green belt. Um, there are so many different oh. programs that are in courses and I'd love to be able to, you know, know how to work in Excel better and everything's just been self-taught. There's just, and there's manufacturing organizations and so many different like female groups. And my Michelle wants to start this and I'm like, okay, I've got to get, you know, a handle on everything. I can't take on another project. <laughs> but, right. But you see yeah, what's on the horizon like, is what I'm hearing. It's there's exciting. And for us, like Issa, Sandy and I, we have our vision, like, yes, we have this product, but we want to expand this product line with different products that focus around our core values you know, providing a healthy, allergen-friendly product, you know, something that makes us different from many other people is, I believe, we're the only uh, popsicle manufacturer that produces in a dedicated gluten-free and peanut-free facility. Um, we won't produce with allergens. Um, we don't bring them into our facility. We try to do everything we can to Perfect. minimize any risk of cross-contamination. I mean, yes, there's all different deep cleans you can do, but we just don't bring them in. We don't let, let our team bring in peanut butter. Like there are no nuts brought into our facility. 
Um, it's wow. how we can provide the safest. I mean, it's interesting. Um, we do a lot with summer camps. And during summer mm -hmm. camp season, I get calls constantly from moms whose kids have severe allergies. And like, are you sure you this? And I had one mom say to me, can you guarantee me that there isn't, you know, a peanut? And I said, well, I was in medicine for 20 plus years. I won't ever guarantee you anything. I said, but I can tell you we do everything we can to minimize any risk of cross-contamination. And then I went through what we did to do that. Um, you know, but I, if somebody ate peanuts the, that morning, washed their hand, I can't control that. So like I said, we go through all of the measures. We wear gloves. We wear, I mean, we do everything we can to minimize any risk, including not allowing anyone to bring in nuts into the facility. Um, That's yeah. amazing. I mean, to actually live your core value and mission is really, um, inspiring to know that companies are doing it and thank they're you, growing. Thank you. One, one thing You're actually welcome. that just popped in the mind. It, yeah, that helps me more so, especially in the beginning. And I do go back to it. Um, my grandfather, um, actually, who my son is named after, my father's mom, he was just the most incredible person. Uh, you know, all of his grandkids, we idolized him. Family was everything to him. Um, he was a dentist in a small town in central Pennsylvania and he worked all the time. Um, but he was like my mom's hero as well as ours. And when I've struggled over the years with, I'm not around, I'm not this. And she once said to me, and I carry this with me, she said, Steph, you know, she was my father meant everything to me. I said, oh, goodness, yes. She said, he wasn't around a lot. He worked a lot. She said, but when he was there, she goes, it's not about the quantity of time you are with your loved one. It's the quality. She said, so make sure when you're there, be there. And I know the relationship she had with him. And she was right. He worked all the time. Um, but he was the most incredible father. He was an incredible grandfather. Um, and like I said, what the only thing that mattered to him was family. So that what was uh, name? Emmanuel was his first name, Emmanuel mm -hmm. Diamond. Um, he's, what a yeah, legacy. He was, like I said, he definitely had an impact. There's my brother and I and then my three first cousins and he, he definitely had an impact not only on his kids lives but definitely on our lives um, we all hold incredible memories of, of he and my grandma so yeah thank you for sharing yeah. about <laughs> so where can we find mom pops where what are socially we can find you, maybe we want to follow where you guys are you guys are yes. on Instagram so we're on Instagram um, at mom pops we're also on Facebook um, slash mom pops. Um, we are in uh, all of the Whole Foods in this area. And beginning April 1st, we are going to be in every Whole Foods in the Mid-Atlantic region, Kimberton Whole Foods, which is more of Chester County. And I have to say, shout out to them. They are so supportive of local. They've been incredible to work with. They're yeah. amazing, yeah, they Kimberton. Are. They've been awesome. They've been so supportive of us from day one. Um, if you want to know all of the locations we're at, uh, go onto our website mompops.com and you can enter your zip code and it'll give you a list of the closest stores near you. Um, so we have grocery and then we do a lot of food service. As I said, we're in camps, um, schools, um, and we do catering. Um, we oh yeah. Do? Yeah. That's probably the most fun because Issa gets to go out with his car and put smiles on people's faces and spread the pop love. And he's, he's great. He's, fun he's entertaining it's awesome but yeah we do events but really where we're you know we want to keep our local roots so yeah doing different like team building catering for corporations 
and working with caterers and, you know, bar bat mitzvahs, weddings, all that kind of stuff. We, we've done, as I said, a ton of a ton of work with corporations who bring us in to do team building day and, you know, hand out pops to all of their, to all of their staff. I mean, pops make people smile. There's nothing that can they bring back exactly. your inner child. Exactly. They really do. Exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's, I think. So if anybody wants to work with you, even if they're listening to this and like, Oh, could they come to my company? They would go onto your website and just send you an email about an event that they would yep, like you to come to. And all possible. they do is fill it out and we will get back to them usually within a couple hours. But yeah, we roll out with our popsicle awesome. carts and our umbrellas and our A-frames. I mean, we will all kinds of different things. And, and it's usually Issa that does it. So you get the, the full entertainment. <laughs> the full, he is yeah. full of love. He, he has, he has pop <laughs> love to the team. It I is. Love it it. Is. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just, it's been, I've learned so much um, about just, you know, growing a business and the challenges and the successes and working with two people that you never met before you were, married to them and more married than probably traditional marriage. Um, you know, he and I have had discussions that, you know, I've never had to have with my husband. Um, and it definitely creates different tensions, but you, there's just a kinship. And as I said, there's nobody else in the world that can understand what you're going through except that person. So beautifully said. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us and give us a sneak peek oh, behind mom pops and, you. and yourself. Hey, it's been awesome it. talking to you. I really appreciate you, you know, taking an interest in our product and, and right off the bat, understanding what it is we, we're trying to do and why we're doing it. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here on the rebirth podcast. Where would we be without you? Do us a favor share, like, subscribe. And if you're feeling especially generous and you really want this to be the kind of messaging that is all over social media, one of positivity and upliftment, give us a five-star review wherever you enjoy listening to the Rebirth Podcast.